Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do twins run in your family? As a twin parent, you've probably been asked this question often. And if you know if your twins are fraternal or identical, you probably have a ready answer. But is it really true? Is there a genetic connection? And for those who've used fertility treatments, this question may take on a completely different dimension for you. Whether or not you've used fertility treatments in the past, you may be wondering, what are the chances of having another set of twins? I'm Dr. Brooke Friedman from San Diego Fertility Center, and I'm here to talk about some of the myths of twinning. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks. We are broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. And Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to the monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app, and it's available in the Android, iTunes, and the Windows Marketplace. And before we get started, I want to hand this over to Sunny, who's our producer. Yeah, so I want to tell you guys a few ways that you guys can get involved with Twin Talks. We have a couple of fun segments on the show that you'll probably enjoy. One is called Twin Oops, and that's where we share our funny stories that we've experienced with our set of twins, triplets, multiples, fill in the blank, (laughs) all the funny things that happen. If you've got a great story, we would love to hear and we'd love to put it on our show. Um, You can ask our experts questions as well. So as we're continuing on with today's show, if you think of some good questions, send them in and we'll have our experts answer them and we'll put that on a future episode. We have a segment where we talk about funny things that people have said to us out in public with our twins. So that may be something you want to submit to. There's a whole section on the website that explores this and kind of goes into more detail. So if you go to newmommymedia.com and go over to Twin Talks under the Shows tab. Um, You'll see a section called Segments, and in there you can see the various ways you can get involved. And uh, if you do want to submit, there's a couple great ways to submit. You can either through the website, you can go to the contact link, or you can call our voicemail at 619-866-4775, and you can tell your story yourself as opposed to us telling it for you. (laughs) So there you go. And Sunny, okay, now you have to, since you are a panelist today. Yes. yes, Oh, so yes. tell us about your family. My family. Okay, so I have four kids total, and my oldest just turned five and a boy. And then I have another boy who's three and does everything the five-year-old does. And then my twins, I have twin girls that are almost two, 22 months to be exact. Yes. So 
Yeah. And and they were, you know, they're identical, so supposedly everything's, you know, just happenstance, you know, whoops. <laughs> My egg split. Mm. <laughs> yes. No twins that I know of really in my family. Some some stuff way back when, but nothing that you would actually you know, attribute to my pregnancy. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then um, on the phone with us today we have Natalie. So, um, tell us a little bit about your family and and your story. I think everyone really needs to hear this. <laughs> I guess I'll bring it back to my mom. Uh, my mom first had eight of us, <laughs> two sets of triplets, and then a set of twins. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> so take that and then go to our next. A branch of the multiple side, I guess. <laughs> and uh, let's start with uh, the eldest three of us, which are all girls. And uh, my eldest sister, Cassie, has had a set of twins, um, identical girls. Then she has a singleton. Um, then come to me, I am the middle. And my story is a little different. Um, I have had 11 babies total now. I have three sets of twins. My eldest set of twins is going to be four and two months. Um, My second set of twins are identical girls, and they are two and a half. My third set of twins are identical boys, and they are 17 months and two days, if you want to get exact. (laughs) (laughs) I have a singleton who is going to be 10 months. Then I just recently had, and they are two weeks old, I had quadruplets. <laughs> Three baby boys and one beautiful baby girl. You have won the jackpot. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You have absolutely won so the if jackpot. you lost count, that is 11 total. And then finally, we ran out the oldest of the, of the triplets, and that's my sister, Becca, and she has had twin identical boys and they will be three and a half oh my goodness wow now okay so so if i'm hearing this correctly then your so your mother has okay so so the the two sets of uh triplets and they were i'm assuming fraternal and then um me and my sisters are fraternal and then my mom had triplet boys and they are actually identical and they are all boys. And then my mom had a set of twin boy-girl fraternal. And then Natalie, uh, hopefully I'm not saying something you don't you don't want to be revealed. And if I am, let me know. But um, then your singleton baby girl that you just had was originally a triplet pregnancy, correct? It was originally a triplet pregnancy. Um, and it was her in one sack and the twins in another. So I basically lost two of them. Um, and my singleton was a, a rainbow baby. Uh, yes. She survived her vanishing twins, siblings. Yes, exactly. Wow. So, so it sounds like you had a mix of, of both identical and fraternal. They're not all fraternal now. Have there been any fertility treatments involved in, in any of the, the births for either your mother or your sisters or yourself or, or is it um, all spontaneous? My mom, my mom did go through fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, she went through fertility treatments with the twins. She did conceive the girls and the boy triplets naturally. My sister, Cassie, did uh, do fertility treatments uh, for her twins. Both me and my sister, Becca, conceived all of our multiples naturally. Wow. <laughs> We're, it's, it's just hard for us to get our head around I this. Know, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, you know, I just wanted to to take a moment and talk about a headline that just uh, recently came out. The headline reads, mother gives birth to three sets of twins at 500,000 to one odds. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I, 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 you know, I think if you guys have got that going, but here's, here's the story. A couple from, from Scotland, 16 years ago, they, they gave birth to twin boys and then two years later, they beat the odds again and they welcomed another set of boys. And so um, she, she's a dance instructor and events. And they had their hands full and they were, you know, hey, very happy to have two sets of twin boys. And then 10 years go by and, and life settles down and um, the boys are teenagers. And then um, she's she's 41 years old and she gets a, you know, a scan, pregnancy scan. And she finds out that she's pregnant. And, um, well, yes, we know it, that she's pregnant with twins. <laughs> and now, now, thankfully, it turned out this this third set was um, a set of girls. So um, they're kind of balancing out a, a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is 500,000 to one. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea what the odds are in your family. <laughs> <laughs> no, lower than that. <laughs> the hard thing is that we're taking something that's uncommon, meaning to have really, I mean, among the people you're talking to, your p- parents of twins, but just in the general population, it's uncommon to have fraternal twins, even more uncommon to have identical twins. So then among that population, the recurrence rate, you know, it just hasn't really been very well studied. Um, in general, like we've talked about, we know there are certain risk factors and that there's well-identified um, genetic component to having fraternal twins. Um, more so than having monozygotic or identical twins. Um, But the specific recurrence rates aren't that well defined just because you're taking something rare and then among that rare event, you know, like you described the 500,000 to one odds, it's pretty uncommon. (laughs) (laughs) You're having lightning strike a couple times. Right, and it would be hard to find that many subjects if you're doing a formal study. And that's the thing because the rate, let's say, of identical twins in the general population is about Mm 0.5%. So that's less than 1%. So then you're taking, yeah, I know. So then among that population in terms of having that happen again, we're talking about a pretty rare event. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're here today with Dr. Brooke Friedman, who's going to help us wade through some of these myths that we hear about twinning in the headlines, in the social media. (laughs) And Dr. Friedman, she's a board-certified reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist, and she's here to set the record straight. So thanks for joining us today, Dr. Friedman. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Maybe we could just take a step back and, and just talk about the statistics for 
fraternals and mm-hmm. identical. So what are kind of these overall you know, statistics in both unassisted, I should say spontaneous, as well as assisted in infertility treatment? Sure. So fraternal, so non-identical, so meaning twins that come from two different eggs. Um, in the general population, spontaneously, it's really about 13 per thousand, depending on where you're looking at, or more easier to think about as more like two to three percent, depending. Okay. And that's going to vary depending actually where you are in the world. So there are geographic variations. Um, ethnic variations, but in general, it's about two to three percent. Um, for and that's spontaneous conceptions. Mm-hmm. For identical twins, like I mentioned, it's only about 0.5 percent. So it's really low, less than one percent of identical twins spontaneously. Now, when if we're talking about the world of infertility treatment, then those numbers change dramatically. So for fraternal fraternal twins, so non-identical twins. Um, with fertility treatment, if someone's taking a medication that causes them to release more than one egg, then you're going to be dramatically increasing the risk of, of a twin. So it depends on what medications we're taking and what treatment. Um, you know, if you're someone's taking something like Clomid, which is a common fertility drug, um, you know, the rate of twins can be as high as 8 to 10%. So you've already increased it um, quite a bit. With IVF, uh, in vitro fertilization, if two embryos are transferred, then you know the rate of twinning could be as high as thirty to fifty percent. So that <laughs> so that's pretty high. So that you were taking you're dramatically increasing the chance. You know, obviously, if you're transferring a single embryo, then you're decreasing your chance of twinning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends on what fertility treatment. But certainly, the, all across the spectrum of fertility treatment, whether more than one egg is released or more than one embryo is put back, you're going to be increasing the chance of having more than one embryo implant. Mm-hmm. In terms of identical twins, um, in the world of um, IVF, um, the risk of identical twinning is increased um, quite a bit as compared to spontaneous identical twins. So we said, again, about 0.5%. With IVF, some studies have shown it to be as high as anywhere between 1% and 10%, so pretty high. Um, and it's not really well understood, I'll be honest. Some studies have suggested that may have something to do with what happens in the lab, in terms of if there's any manipulation to the shell around the embryo. Some studies have suggested that the longer that embryo remains in the lab in culture, meaning growing after fertilization to five days as opposed to three days, it may increase the chance of it splitting. Other studies haven't found that to be true. There was a very interesting study done just this year, actually, where a clinic looked back over all of their identical twins in IVF. And a lot of the conventional things like time and culture, you know, after fertilization, which we thought have been really well described, they didn't see that to be as much um, of an association. But when they went back and did a family history, like what we're talking about, um, they found that those who had an embryo split actually did have a family history of twinning. So I think that conventional wisdom has told us that identical twins don't have a genetic component. But I think the more we learn that there very well may be a genetic component like we're talking about with these studies, which is not very well understood and is probably uncommon. Yes. But for some people <laughs> with identical twins, clearly there has to be a genetic component. And I think in, in uh, Natalie's family case, if you've got multiple sets of identical right. twins, right. I mean, now now some of them, they there were, were fertility treatments involved and others, it was completely spontaneous. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think Natalie, you shared it was at, at different generations right so. mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i think i think we're learning we're learning a lot and now going back to um fraternal twins so fraternal twins we you had mentioned that um that the twinning rate can vary in different parts of the world so mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. who are not as a result of fertility treatments and just purely spontaneous 
Um, what are some of those factors that are behind it? So in terms of um, spontaneous twinning, um, a couple risk factors. We talked about the genetic component. Um, women who are older, are like you've alluded to, have an increased risk of twins. And that's really um, because of what happens as we get older. Some of the hormonal changes, um, our brain secretes more hormones, specifically FSH or follicle-stimulating hormone. So more than one egg may be released at the same time in that month. And so that is a large part of why we think women as we get older at increased risk of twins. Um, also, women who have had a previous pregnancy are at increased risk of twins. Also, women, um, when they've looked across studies who are interestingly taller or have a BMI <laughs> over 30. Wow. <laughs> so um, if you're tall or large. That explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's hard to know, you know, how that relates back to genetics. Is, is it really because women are taller or is it that you know, women who have a family history, are they all taught? We don't, you know, no one really knows all the, we're just looking across studies. You know, so those are the things that have been fairly well described. Um, but beyond that, th those are the main, the main factors. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then now, now when we talk about, you know, releasing two eggs time, I think that's known as hyper ovulation, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> as a lay person, <laughs> yes, the whole terminology here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've heard that this is passed down then through through mm -hmm. generation. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how it's passed down? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is the specific variations are not as well described, but it does seem to be passed down through the mother. Okay. Meaning if I see a couple and the mother has twins and the and let's say that the woman has twins and the, the husband has twins, it's really the mother's family history that matters for their that couple's risk of having a twin. However, the father can pass that trait down to their, his daughter, mm -hmm. meaning that then his daughter may have an increased risk of twins if he has twins on oh, his family. That's interesting. But it's not necessarily if a couple comes to me and, and the mother doesn't, the woman doesn't have a history of twins in her family, but the father does. It doesn't appear from what we know that that individual couples would have a high risk of twins, but their daughter may have an increased risk of twinning. The woman needs to have either a mother or a father that has the family mm -hmm. history. Exactly. With that genetic trait. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Natalie, then I, I take it. So you said on your, your mother's side, she had identical and fraternals. And then now, did I think, did you mention on your father's side as well, there was history of twinning? Or your husband? Oh, on my husband's side. On my husband's side, yes. Um, my husband is a triplet, um, but his mom only had him and his brothers. So my mother-in-law would, ha would have had twins as well. Um, so like either her and her brothers and sisters, one of them would have been a set of twins. Um, but it's interesting to hear um, that, I mean, it did start with my, you know, with my grandma, it goes on to my mom and then goes on to me. And then, mm -hmm. you know, so far I've got five girls all possibly carrying the multiple gene. Yes. So <laughs> it's interesting to hear yeah. one of my daughters may have 11 kids. That's a good possibility. <laughs> yeah, think of how many grandkids that means you're going to have. <laughs> it's going to be a large family. <laughs> and then you've had it, so going direct from generation. Now, I've heard there's there's this common myth I've heard about skipping a generation. So does that mean maybe it's going through the father's line? I, I think that's probably where that's coming from, you know, because if the, in, in effect would skip a generation if, let's say, a, a man's mother had a history of twinning and then it and then let's say it would skip that immediate you know and then go to the his that, daughter correct okay mm -hmm. okay exactly 
That would that would make sense. Okay, switching over back to the identical side, Dr. Freeman, you had um, talked about the um, splitting mm-hmm. in the the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what about in just the natural, spontaneous um, setting? Do do we have any idea what's behind you that? Know, we, don't, we don't know much. And what's interesting is that you we don't see the kind of um, as much of the ethnic and geographic variations with with identical twinning like we do with fraternal twins and so I think we just know less about what the various factors are that contribute mm-hmm. it's also harder to study this rare event mm-hmm. um, but you know th- there aren't really well described risk factors for, for identical twinning uh, apart from a p- this potential family history Hmm. Okay. The family, because you know, I had heard somewhere that there's there's a theory. You know, yeah. just a theory right now. So it's there's no real true study or hard evidence. Yeah. The theory is that the um, the I'll just say chemicals for mm-hmm. lack of my you know <laughs> understanding, um, within the 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 sperm itself. Um, caused the egg to split. So some sperm would contain some type of substance mm-hmm. that might trigger a complete you know, split rather than a divide. Yeah. So. yeah, I've heard that as well. I think there are some studies that have, have tried to look at this. It's just not been that well described. Mm-hmm. And I should say that in general, the conventional wisdom is still that there is less of a genetic com- uh, risk factor to mm-hmm. identical twinning. And it's really been only a handful of studies that have tried to look at this in the IVF population. But in general, I think the conventional wisdom is really, it's clear that there's a genetic component to fraternal twinning, less clear with regard to identical twinning. But there certainly is this suggestion that there is a, mm-hmm. a component of genetic risk factor as well yes now you know yeah. i have to say so i have uh, you know id girls and um and, and a singleton and she's a girl as well so i i like to blame it all on my husband <laughs> so, so i basically i've i told him that a you know he's the one that, that chose the sex i had nothing to do with that <laughs> which is true can't which blame is true. me right yep and for our id girls i said well yep i think it, it's your your sperm caused them to split <laughs> i had nothing to do with that it's possible <laughs> i bought my husband a t-shirt for christmas last christmas that said real men make twins yes <laughs> And I'm like, yep, it was all you. (laughs) That's great. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the myths of twinning and uh, what families um, using fertility treatments should consider. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with Dr. Brooke Friedman about the myths of twinning. Now we touched on some possible causes of spontaneous twins, um, but what about twins resulting from the use of reproductive technologies? So I think you, you touched on a little bit earlier about you know families are using fertility treatments, and we we do know the risk of twinning is much higher for fraternal twins, and then. Um, Identicals. Um, I think you had mentioned a little bit about the, mm-hmm. the process mm-hmm. of of handling in the lab, and um, can you comment on both of them? Sure. So um, 
So with regard to fertility treatments, anytime a woman takes a medication that's going to encourage her ovaries to release more than one egg, then she's going to be increasing her risk of having twins. Um, and with regard to IVF, it does seem that there is an increased likelihood of an embryo splitting after it's implanted into the uterus. So meaning in the lab, the embryo doesn't split, but after we put it back into the uterus, if that embryo has been created as part of an IVF cycle, there is an increased risk of that embryo splitting as compared to what we see in the general population of the risk of an embryo splitting in the uterus. So I think um, we don't really know exactly why. Um, different theories have been proposed with regard to what happens in the lab. Um, but the truth of it is it's a little bit unclear exactly why these embryos have an increased risk of splitting after they're transferred back to the uterus. I think it's certainly something that um, each woman, each couple should talk to their doctor about if they're undergoing fertility treatments with regard to how their doctor would counsel them individually with regard to their risk of twins. Um, each woman's risk is different based upon how her ovaries respond, based upon her age, based upon her family history like we've talked about. So I think it's certainly really important to get that individualized counseling. And so for women to really ask their doctor, what do you think my risk of twins are? You know, and to really have an understanding of um, what the risks are with each treatment um, so that everyone's on the same page. I've heard that, um, let's just say that the philosophy can vary from um, practice pr to practice when it comes to, um, you know, fertility treatments. And um, I mean, you know, aside from the use of IVS where you, where you can transfer multiple um, embryos, um, are there are there any other factors in terms of just just the you know the standard operating procedures and, and practices that that families considering um, you know fertility treatments should ask their doctor like how do you you know approach this I mean what what should they be asking their doctors when getting a consultation absolutely so I think you hit on a really important one and that is asking their fertility doctor what is your practice and what would you recommend with regard to single versus you know, double embryo transfer. So, um, and again, that decision is usually individualized based upon patient's age and embryo quality and a lot of things go into that decision. But certainly it's really important to have that discussion um, with, with someone's individual physician. When women take fertility medications like Clomid or sometimes injectable medications to cause the ovaries to make eggs, normally they're monitored, meaning we do ultrasounds to see, okay, how many eggs are growing this month? And so I think in that situation, it's important for the woman to ask her doctor, how many eggs do you, how many follicles rather do you see growing the follicles that fluid filled sac where the eggs develop and to say well what are my risks of twins do you think this month and like we talked about that's going to vary depending on age depending on someone's history and their family history so I think those are all questions that are important to ask because each month may be different so I think certain physicians if they see too many follicles growing are going to recommend canceling a cycle like for wow. example if I see someone who has recruited too many eggs in a given month, I'm going to say this, the risk of twins or higher order multiples is too high and I recommend canceling and not doing an intrauterine insemination and not trying at home this month because it can vary month to month. So it is really important to do that uh, monitoring with ultrasound to be able to help prevent at least iatrogenic you know, higher order multiples or iatrogenic twins if possible. Mm -hmm. um, so, And it sounds like you're taking a more conservative approach and, and there might be other 
um, endocrinologists and you know infertility who may be more liberal, I guess, in terms of, of harvesting and implanting or... You know, I think there's going to be variations in practice patterns. So certainly I think it's important just to kind of individualize the counseling for each patient and every patient's risks are going to be different. So I think certainly it's important to have that conversation with with their physician. I think we know that twins do carry a higher risk of, of complications potentially. So um, certainly I think it would make the most sense to try to um, minimize that risk if, if possible. Yes. <laughs> and then and I'm just curious. So um, I, I know uh, that Sunny here and I, we have identical twins because now when I found out that they were identical, I felt like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so this this is good. This means I'm not hyperovulating, and so my risks aren't changing. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have more kids, <laughs> but I don't know. Is is there really any any difference? Um, you know, as far as I mean, for those who've had identical versus you know fraternal spontaneously. I I think it's a great question. I think the answer is we don't really know. I think mm-hmm. it's clearly it's clear that there is. Uh, for someone who's had fraternal twins, there's more of a genetic component, so they're probably at increased risk of having another set of fraternal twins. Uh, with regard to splitting, like you mentioned, this 500,000 to 1 odds of this woman who had multiple sets of, of twins, I mean, I think there very well may be some increased risk, but it just really hasn't been well described in terms of how to quantify that increased risk. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're safe. We're safe. Okay. <laughs> for now, we're safe. And then, but, but gosh. <laughs> Until more research comes out. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks so much, for everyone, um, for joining us today. And be sure to visit our episode page on our website for more information about Dr. Friedman, um, as well as links to additional resources. And this conversation continues for members of the Twin Talks Club. And after the show, Dr. Friedman will address some myths about spontaneous twinning. So for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Okay, it's time for one of our favorite segments on the show. It's called We're Expecting What? And that's where you guys get a chance to tell us about your funny stories of when you found out you were pregnant with twins. This story comes from Krista. And Krista says, I am 18 and a mother-to-be of two baby girls. We found out I was pregnant at six weeks, and we were excited. I talked with my sister-in-law because she was pregnant with her third. She referred me to her doctor. My brother joked, saying, I'm going to have two. After going to the doctor a couple times, he told me that I was bigger than he thinks I should be. He says, do you think there's twins? Me and my boyfriend laughed. He then scheduled an ultrasound to check for twins. We were in shock. We couldn't wait the two weeks to find out. The ultrasound showed two babies. And I'll never forget the feeling I got when I saw them both. My heart melted. I was excited and scared at the same time. I'm now 21 weeks and very used to the thought of twins. I'm very excited, but I'm also very nervous about having them early and their health 
what kind of health they're going to be in, all the things that can go wrong. All I can do is hope and pray they are healthy. Well, Krista, we certainly hope that you have a fantastic rest of your pregnancy. You're about, well, you're more than halfway there. So hopefully things are still going really well for you. And um, we'll just kind of keep you in our thoughts. And thanks for writing this in. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go, and our newest show, Newbies, for new parents. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.